0: Melissa on the other keys Richard Fortas is the other guitar player but you have Axel Slash and Duff and it makes it all worth it and they go into Welcome to the Jungle and they're Slash they go into Sweet Child of Mine and they're Slash and you just need that like they're playing Rocket Queen with that sweet bass line and there's Duff playing that bass line there's just something about that band where you need those three I, I, I mean rumor is they're making new music I would love to hear that I keep going back to Chinese Democracy, which was that album that took 700 years to make, and uh, it actually is not as bad as it probably people might have thought at the time. There's there's some keepers on that album, which they actually play a few in concert. Um, but I'm just I'm so stoked. I mean, I've already seen them once, but to see, them, I just want to see it again. Um, so I'm stoked for that show. Meanwhile, speaking of rock and roll, before we get back to the sports, because we always have to get back to sports, because that's what we do here on the station. Oh, now is a good time for my computer to to freeze. Just as I was about to go into a sad uh, letter that has come out from the widow of Chester Bennington, the computer decides to freeze. I am still trying to get over that. I know, I know. You like Linkin Park, what are you doing? It's not real music whatever. Listen, I'll explain it to you right now. Here's the deal. I finally understand it after taking a week or two. Which is, if you go and listen to Linkin Park lyrics, take the music out, okay? Musically, they're not challenging Led Zeppelin or, uh, you know, freaking uh Malmstein Malmsteen or Steve Vai when it comes to you know musical uh aficionado ability but lyrics wise they hit you somewhere and that place is very depressing I mean think about their songs breaking the habit numb right uh, uh crawling uh in the end it doesn't even matter I mean need I keep going? No, I mean, every song, there was very little positivity in their songs, which for those of us that have suffered from depression gave us, here's this dude singing about the same thoughts that are in my head, I can relate. The sad thing is, is that, the hope is, is that we get over that or don't succumb to that depression, but he did. So, You're trying to relate to this guy and he sacrificed himself because he couldn't deal with the thoughts in his head. And there are those of us that have those thoughts in our head, not the suicidal ones, but the depressing ones, that are like, damn, if Chester, I mean, Chester's been singing about this for 20 years. If he takes himself out because he couldn't deal with it anymore, like, where does that leave the rest of us? Here is the, the letter from his wife. Who's beautiful, by the way, to Linda. Not that that matters. His second wife. He has six kids. One week ago, I lost my soulmate and my children lost their hero, their daddy. We had a fairy tale life, and now it has turned into some Shakespearean tragedy. How do I move on? How do I pick my shattered soul up? The only answer I know is to raise our babies with every ounce of love I have left. I want to let my community and the fans worldwide know that we feel your love, we feel your loss as well. My babies are so young to have lost their daddy and I know that all of you will help keep his memory alive. He was a bright loving soul with an angel's voice. And now he's pain-free singing in so- his songs in all of our hearts. May God bless uh, us all and help us turn to another when we are in pain. Chester would have wanted us to do so. Rest in peace, my love. Last night I stumbled upon the most depressing, sad thing I could have stumbled upon, which was a recording leaked of Chester eulogizing Chris Cornell at Chris Cornell's funeral by singing Hallelujah. And I just, it was like one in the morning and I couldn't sleep. I was like, you got it. I, I had to stop it halfway through. It was so amazing. And then I'm thinking about this. I'm like, "He," I mean, Chris Cornell was a hero to Chester. They were really great friends. Here's Chester eulogizing his friend who killed himself by singing Hallelujah and barely getting through it, and now he killed himself. And it's just like, crap, man. All right, let's talk football. Yeah, let's talk about Devontae Parker. Good transition? Good way to go? Yeah, let's just go right into you know uh, hot takes on football. Can we do a favor, Matt, real quick? Matt, let's test, uh, let's test the skills. Antoine, you know what I'm going to tell you to do. Let's open up the phone lines, people. 786-360-0790. No, that's, yeah. Three, uh, let, let's do it in Stugat's wake and take fashion. Hey, we have an interview coming up next. What are you doing? 7 eight, Six, we have an interview coming up. Three, three, six, oh, oh, Open the phones. Oh, I hate you. Open the right phones. Now. Open it. Open the phones. 786 I want Bill. I want the chronics. I've got six minutes. I want your phone. I want football hot takes in my face. Canes, fins. Just give me hot takes. Let's just go. Screenless. Jordan, don't even answer it. Ticket, you're on the air.
1: Hey, what up, beast?
0: Hey, what up, dog? Hey, uh, long time, first time. Um, just wanted to know <sighs> is, a, is a wrap a sandwich? A wrap is indeed a sandwich, despite what Allison Turner and every other member of the Labrador crew thinks.
1: It, is a cheesecake a cake?
0: Uh, a cheesecake is not a cake. It's a custard, right? It's, it's, it's like pudding on top of a crust. It's a custard. I don't know if it's custard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think custard is the proper uh, term either.
2: So is the name cheesecake a lie?
0: Well, I don't know if it's a lie. It's just not the most poignant of names. I would, I would think it's not a pie either. Really, Uh, it's kind of a it's a hybrid, if you will. It's a tweener. Uh, A custard. It's it's like Boston cream pie is a cake, not a pie. No, Boston cream pie is a pie. No, no, it is not a pie. It is a cake.
2: I mean, what are we doing here?
0: Sir, you cannot debate me. I am from Boston. I have been there at the origination of the Boston cream pie. It is a cake.
2: Oh. Well, I, too, enjoy some cream pies.
0: I bet you do. Well, that was one good phone call. Anyone else? 786... 360-0790. Three six zero seven ninety. Bill, where are you? Bill uh, has been leaving messages for the boss. Or not like my boss, like Glenn, like the big boss, Doug, on a daily basis. I think he's getting tired of it. Like the first couple he thought were hilarious and funny and creative, but now like three or four a day, getting a little much, Bill. You're going to have to back off on that before there's a restraining order filed. Just letting you know. Like before the cops show up at your house, Bill, You might want to back off on calling the GM every day. Hashtag just saying. What is cheesecake if it's not a cake nor a pie? Because in order to be a cake, right, you have to have the cake part of it. Cheesecake doesn't have cake. It's just like a substance on top of a crust. Yet it's not a pie because... When I think of a, well, well, no, I would, like a key lime pie is not completely covered by crust, but it's completely surrounded by crust. Maybe cheesecake's more of a pie. I don't know what to do with that. I think it's more of a pie. Oh, look who's back. It's Jordan, everybody. Hey, bud. How you doing? Good. I mean, it's it's a substance in a crust. There's no cake in cheesecake, right? Unless you get like you go to Cheesecake Factory and they do have like the red velvet. Like, they have cake within cheesecake, like chocolate cake cheesecake hybrid. Fine, but at its substance, like your old school New York cheesecake, your old school New York cheesecake, uh, just the the cream cheese substance that it makes up the most the majority of the cheesecake and the crust. Like that is not a cake by any means. Well, I just googled it, and they said cheesecake
2: is a pie. It's a pie. That's what that's what Google says. That's what Google says. It says it's a pie.
0: Huh. Oh, well, here this guy comes in. Chester's a selfish bleep because he abandoned his kids. Yeah, that's what it is. He's selfish. That's that's you're right. Thank you for understanding mental health, sir. Not. Cheesecake's a pie. Yet Boston cream pie is a cake. Hey, why do you park on a driveway but drive on a parkway? Answer that. Go figure. Why do you park on a driveway but drive on a parkway? Do you ever, I mean, you ever wonder? It's an old Stephen Wright bit. I love Stephen Wright. Oh, I could do his old jokes. Called information. I asked the op. No one, does anyone call 411 anymore? Anyone call information? It'd be, here, I'll be, I'll update the joke now. I Googled where my socks were. Google came back with, they're behind your couch. Like, that'd be the equivalent of the joke. This comes in, just leaving beach drunk and you guys are great. That's what we aim to, that's the audience we're going for. Drunken, leaving the beach. That's what we're going for. Uh, Also another Stephen Wright joke, which I love, is uh, this one, which is, I went to the city, I drove to the city, I parked in a towway zone, when I got back the whole block was gone. Hey, hold on. It's deep. Well, who's leaving the beach at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Someone that's probably been drunk since 8 a.m. You get to the beach at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Bro, bro, you have your early risers that get to the beach and just start drinking at 8. I've been one of those people. Dude, listen, let me tell you. Let me tell you a quick little story. I, I'm going to take this phone call, too. I don't care. We're going to go over. Tell Parker and go going over. Uh, it was 3 a.m. 3 a.m. and my boys and I at the U underage probably drunk probably doing th- probably doing things we should not have been doing. We're in downtown we're no, we're in Coconut Grove hammered off our asses. And decide this is in 1997, okay? And decided at that point it would be a good idea if all of us took a field trip to Key West drunk so we piled into my friends sob like coop okay and just took off at three in the morning driving to Key West get to Key West somewhere around six whatever I don't know it's still dark we put we just pull up to the beach because we don't know anything about Key West we don't know anything about anything we just pull up to the beach we smell horrible We probably all barfed off the seven-mile bridge. We probably peed in our pants. We get out of the car. Obviously, there's no one at the beach. I I don't even think this was, I think this was like a Friday morning. We just pull up to the beach in Key West. We get out, and we literally go and just stumble onto the sand and fall asleep. We were woken up an hour later by a homeless guy begging for money. We're all hungover or maybe still drunk. We then wander to the only place we could find open, which was a Burger King, and we get Chris sandwiches because nothing is better for you than that. We then go back to the beach, and now we're all barfing, and it's just disgusting. We need Advil, and we're stuck in Key West three hours from home, and we don't want to be there anymore. So you know what we did? We went walking through Key US because we thought we would find Buffett. We went to Buffett's house we knocked on the gate, we rang the bell, some guy came out, It might I don't know if it was you know, a parrot head or not, and told us to get the bleep away, Jimmy wasn't home. Then we went to Margaritaville because we decided to be tourists. We went there and we started drinking again. We spent $300 drinking at Margaritaville. Now it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, hammered for the second time in like 12 hours, we decided we're going to drive back to Miami. I, don't, I just the dumb things that I did when I was in college real quick Peter
2: uh, that's a great that's a great key West story uh, anyways uh, I'm calling I wasn't gonna call in but that text you read about the guy basically that texted in calling uh Chester Bennington that you know kind of like a coward and stuff yeah that, I, I hate stuff like that because unless you 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 you've been battling depression and stuff like that you have no idea the pain and that people feel that they that that are depressed, you know. Like right now, I'm going through some stuff and I'm getting help. But it, I, I heard uh, I got the the one of the guitarists from Corn a couple uh, last week also uh, went on Twitter and said that he was a coward and this and that. Unless you you know someone or you've been through that, it, you have no right to say that you know you're a coward or that for for him doing what he did. It's it's a sad situation and it's it it's just. You know, unless you go through it, people won't understand it, man. And uh, thanks for taking my call, man. No
0: problem, man. Totally right. Totally agree with you. Don't be callous. And don't, don't, don't rip on somebody unless you've walked in their shoes. Chris Perkins updates us on Dolphins Camp next on The Ticket. <laughs> the <beat's> back <laughs> here on a Saturday. There's only one way to get our Dolphins coverage. Ah, camp. Camp running around in pajamas. Let's do this. Let's go out to the Orion Fields and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. It truly steps beyond convenient. Covers the Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel. And of course, co hosts our afternoon show with the juice, Juice Ethan Skolnick. Christopher Perkins, how are you, sir?
1: I like that formal Christopher. That's nice. By the way, cheesecake is just kind of a dessert right it, it's 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 just kind of in between it's like a hot fudge brownie right it's not a brownie it's not ice cream well yeah, uh, but, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait a minute wait like a hot fudge brownie sunday is a sunday that just happens to That's have fun- a, well it just happens to have a brownie as one of the components of the sunday still a sunday yeah i guess i guess no 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 don't guess i mean it's 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 under sundays
1: yeah, I don't know, Beast. I, I I think it's just kind of a catch-all. It's just a dessert.
0: I mm, uh, I don't think I can I can't I can't have that kind of non-classification in my so what,
1: life. What makes what makes it a Sunday? Like ice cream well, and hot fudge. Yeah, like so.
0: Anytime you have uh, ice cream, hot and fudge, is- whipped cream, uh, nuts, and a cherry, that's a Sunday. Now, it, whether you have a brownie in that, or cookie dough, or another substance to make it more fattening and sugared. Uh, that that's neither here nor there. Now where you get into so an banana issue, a sundae. banana
1: split is a Sunday.
0: Banana split is a Sunday, correct. You, yeah. you I mean, but now where you get into a little bit of a problem is like an apple pie a la mode. Uh now it, one scoop of ice cream on the apple pie does not make that a Sunday. <laughs> but you start adding hot fudge or caramel and nuts and whipped cream to the apple pie a la mode, now it may be an apple pie sunday. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'll just call it dessert. Yeah. Just it well, you're a simple man, Chris. You're a simple I, man. I, I am a simpleton beast. I, yeah. I've always said that. Oh, yeah. uh, so Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins. Uh, yeah. How is camp? Look, yeah, defense, defense got it, was ahead of the offense again today. Kiko Alonzo, an interception. Lawrence Timmons, an interception on a tip pass. He pitches it back to uh, Bobby McCain, and they probably have a touchdown on that. Uh, Charles Harris, the rookie, uh, looked good with the second team. Made a couple of stops against the run that were impressive at or behind the line of scrimmage. Now I got to remind you they're in half pads, just shoulder pads and helmets, so there was contact but not actually tackling. But um, good, good uh, one-on-one battles between uh, Laramie Tunzel and Charles Harris in one-on-one drills. I'd say Tunzel barely got the edge in uh, in three matchups, but overall good stuff going on out there. One more thing, Mike Pouncey did. A couple of individual drills, but he didn't – they weren't really – he was basically just standing out there in place as they ran through plays. No contact, no running, no blocking. But uh, Adam Gay said they do have a plan, a scheduled plan for Pouncey. Today was the first day, day three of training camp, that he was actually on the field with the team participating in anything. But, again, still no contact, no running, nothing physical for Pouncey.
0: All right, so let me ask you this question, because I, I battle this every football preseason, whether it's with the Canes, Finns, where, you know, fans go out to camp. They see Devontae Parker make a huge catch. All of a sudden, he's Michael Irvin, uh, whereas Laramie Tunsil did a great job. Okay, he's Tony Buscelli, Uh hey. How do you draw that line between you having to cover the team, give people fact nuggets, but on the other hand, uh, you know, kind of slow the roll a little bit, because we're only three days in, they're wearing shells.
1: You try to keep perspective, That That's the whole thing is that this is not contact. There's a bunch of different levels to it. You have the OTAs, mini camp, the first days of, of training camp where, yes, as, as Bobby McCain called it it's pajama football, uh, Raquan McMillan, the rookie lineback, middle linebacker called it touchy-touchy. You have that level of achievement. Then you have the half pads. Then you have full pads and then you still have uh, exhibition games or or preseason games, whatever you want to call it, before you get to the regular season. So there's different stages. You can do well at one stage. You can do well at two stages. You can do well at three stages, but you don't really know until we get to the regular season, Beast. That's when you really know. Everything else is just kind of checkpoints along the way.
0: Is this the first time – since Ryan Tannehill is drafted that we're not asking questions about the quarterback as we head into the season?
1: Probably. Last year, last year you knew Ryan was the starter. He was over that deep ball. He can't throw the deep ball thing. Uh, but there was still the deal last year of, well, they can still get out of the contract after this season, and that's convenient. Yeah, now Ryan Tannehill has arrived as a solid starter for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you want to call him the franchise quarterback, but Adam Gase likes him enough that you know that Tannehill is not going anywhere anytime soon. So he is your Miami Dolphins quarterback for now and the foreseeable future. Um, is he a, a pro bowl level quarterback? Can he get them back to the playoffs? Um, I, I think the latter, he's ahead in that before the former. Uh, I, I You know, is, is, I don't know if Tannehill's numbers will be good enough for the Pro Bowl, but I do think that he's capable of getting this team back to the playoffs.
0: All right. Obviously, I mean, we, Captain Curtis and I talked about it yesterday. You guys, I'm sure, have been talking about the offense. I mean, you're not worried about playmakers on offense, I don't think. Obviously, nope. if Pouncey, uh, you know, can't get through the season, that's an issue. But we go to the other side of the football and defense. And you wonder where the true, like, not just the unit, but the true weak link is there, where if there was one guy, one position where you really are hoping that somebody can step up, where would it be?
1: I I think it's it's definitely got to be the right defensive tackle, not the defensive tackle position because and Sue is there, but I'm looking at Jordan Phillips, who has been inconsistent, needs to be a beast so that they can – no pun intended, by the way, yeah. uh, needs to be yeah, needs to be a beast so that that run defense improves. Look, you got to be strong up the middle, right, especially in a 4-3. You've got one good defensive tackle in in, in and Sue. You need Jordan Phillips. You're looking for the middle linebacker, either Raekwon or, or McMillan or Lawrence Timmons, but you feel that'll be decent. And then you've got Rashad Jones back there. So if Jordan Phillips can tighten up, that really, really helps the run defense which really, really helps the defense and also helps the offense. Defense gets off the, off the field, and the offense, which ran the fewest plays in the NFL last year, gets more snaps, gets to be able to control the ball, hand it off to Jay Moore. more. He helps Ryan Tannehill on and on and on it goes. So I'm, I'm looking at Jordan Phillips as, as the one guy. And, and you do have some rookies back uh, in, the, in the rotation, too. Um, Devon Gottschalk uh, and uh, Vincent Taylor – so they've got to pick up the slack, but I point right to Jordan Phillips.
0: Uh, you know, it's funny because I asked a question earlier, and overwhelmingly the textures were pointing to safety.
1: Yeah, Jordan, he's he's first. He is he is first line of defense. He's a guy who, as you guys know, he was hot and cold last year. Even when you talked to Vance Joseph, the former defensive coordinator, he said you could put on some of Jordan Phillips' tape and say, "Wow, this guy can really play." You put on some of his other tape and go wow, I can't believe this dude is starting. He's got to be consistent. That's first line of defense. Run defense has to improve. Absolutely must improve.
0: Yeah, there's no. There, I mean, that that is not a question at all. Uh, you know, listen, the the talking heads, the pundits, they're going to come out with their preseason pick em, and we've seen seven and nine. We've seen all this stuff before. I, I think the Dolphins are better than that. Of course, a lot depends on that defense, but – for the first time in a long time, I mean, it just seems like things are heading in the right direction with Gase, the offense, if they can get the defense going that, you know, maybe, maybe we don't have to have this calamity approach to the season like we have uh, for the past, I don't know, decade.
1: Right, right, exactly. Look, I, I think Adam Gase has this team pointing in the right direction. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm usually a player, player, player guy. This is all about the players. Gase has really done a lot for this team as far as accountability, credibility, and being able to turn those into victories. So, in other words, you know the accountability. Jay Ajayi doesn't act right last year when he learns that uh, Arian Foster is going to be the starter, so he stays home. Three offensive linemen cut. Uh, Byron Maxwell and Mario Williams bench. That's, that's the accountability. The credibility comes after you start winning when Adam Gase shows you If you aren't accountable, you will get your job taken. And the credibility builds when he's 10 and 6. And more credibility beast, and accountability when Adam Gase admits that he was wrong to put Cam Wake on a snap count early in the season as Cam is recovering from an Achilles injury. Cam kept saying, I can play every down. They said, we want to bring you along slowly. Turns out they were wrong. Cam Wake was right. Adam Gase admits that. And so, again, you know, the players see all this, and the Dolphins are thinking that because Adam Gase has been correct and because what he was preaching turned out to be a 10-6 and season, first playoff first since 2008, the players will continue to listen to him. They will improve. They will follow his direction, and that's where your improvement comes from when you're returning nine offensive starters and eight defensive starters. So I I, I think a lot of this, when you talk about poor starts and – and all of that stuff, um, a, a lot of this changed. The, the reason you don't expect this now is from the preachings and teachings of one Adam Gates. Uh,
0: if a fan is heading out to camp, if I'm a uh, journalist wandering into town, one of the national guys that uh, may wander into town to just uh, check out Dolphins Camp, who's the guy I'm? I want to keep my eyes on that's not a guaranteed starter, that's not, one of the stars in the team, who's a guy that you think uh, could have a chance to really prove something in this camp that I want to keep my eyes on.
1: Kenyon Drake comes to mind because I look while Jay Ajayi is your best runner as a running back. I think Kenyon Drake is your most complete back as far as being a receiver, uh, being able to block on, on third down blitz, pick up pass protection and running the ball. Plus, Kenyon Drake, you saw that kickoff return uh, touchdown against the Jets. You saw the uh, the rushing touchdown. What was that against uh, Buffalo, maybe? Um, and he's returning punts now. So, I-, I think Kenyon Drake, they're really trying to find a role for him. Adam Gates talked about that in the offseason. I think that's the guy you want to keep an eye on. How do they use him, and-, and what does he do when he gets his hands on the ball? And we heard from
0: J.H.I. yesterday that he, he really wants to improve his pass catching.
1: So... Yeah, yeah, and and look, well, see, here's the thing, Beast, is that you you wonder how many touches can Kenyon Drake absorb before there's that detrimental effect. So that's one thing that that, uh, Adam Gase and the Dolphins are going to have to figure out is, you know, you, you you uh, you want Jay Ajayi to be as big a part of the offense as possible. Remember last year he led the NFL in yards after contact, three and a half yards, uh, after contact, per uh, you know, per per contact. Um, so you you want this guy touching it, but you don't want to burn him out, and you still want to get the ball to Damian Williams, your third down back, his specialty, and you want to get the ball to Kenyon Drake. So ball distribution, keeping in mind keeping Jay Ajayi fresh. The Dolphins have to find the right formula there.
0: Not a bad problem to have, though, to have a couple guys you can go to.
1: Hey. That, that, that's better than having uh let's see Lamar Miller and yeah they're they're in a better spot
0: uh, Yeah, no doubt about it perk
1: we always appreciate it my
0: man uh follow perk on Twitter go read his stuff on the sunset I'll, of course listen to him every afternoon with uh the juice right here on the ticket thanks man thanks beast. we'll do cheesecake not a cake not a pie but not just dessert we have to find a we have to find a classification for it all right, we'll take a break. We've got uh, your Wacky segment, in case you missed it, coming your way next here on The Ticket. Look,
1: if you had one shot one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. But now wanted I want to go
0: work out. one moment, you capture? Yeah, rabbit, just let it hit him up, up. man. Yo.
1: His palms are sweaty, knees weak. Beast
0: back here on the ticket. One last segment. And then we got baseball for you, Saturday afternoon baseball. Because Greg or Curtis would be in here, but those two guys uh, were doing a show at 8 o'clock at uh, Dolphins Camp. Re- real quick. Ticket, you're on the air. Hey,
1: well, what what the Marlins record is, man?
0: What the Marlins record is? They're six games below 500. I believe they're 47
1: and 53. Okay, thank you. Okay.
0: Anyone else have questions? Just feel free. 786-360-790. Just anything. Random. Like, what are the ingredients of a nice risotto? Uh, what do I do if I have a stain on my socks? Just random questions. Feel free. Let's play I'll Google it for you. Right here on the ticket. Can we, can we put that Antoine as a new segment in? Just call in and I'll Google it for you. Like, whatever, whatever. Any questions you have. Like... How do I get a marriage license in North Dakota? Like, I'll just Google it and tell you the answer. We'll do that segment. One more. Ticket, you're on the air. Yeah, I was just wondering, do you think that the Marlins got permission to deal these players and they have a deal done under the
1: table so they can screw the city out of the millions of dollars they'd be getting if they sold it right away?
0: Oh, uh, they're doing that anyway, sir. I didn't know. We're not... Uh, listen, if you're gonna call in with serious sports questions, that's gonna ruin the fun of the segment and ruin my day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, we can't do serious sports if we're gonna do this segment where you call in and just ask any question. Like, Beast, how do you make good scrambled eggs? It's funny you should ask. I do it the uh, Gordon Ramsay way. Do you you know what I'm talking about, Maramer? Gordon Ramsay. Use a pot. Not a pan. A little bit of butter, bottom, medium heat. You don't mix your eggs outside of the pan. You you crack your eggs in the in the pot. Continuously stir. Right? Continuously stir fast, 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 fast. 30 seconds on the heat. 30 seconds off the heat. 30 seconds on the heat. 30 seconds off the heat. Then instead of using milk, use a little creme fraîche. Sometimes I use uh uh room temperature cream cheese. Instead of if I can't find the creme fresh, it's hard to find in the market. Stir that in towards the end so it cools it off and it stops it from cooking. Stir, 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 salt and pepper. Stir, 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 on the heat, off the heat, on the heat, off the heat. It's really, it takes a lot of wrist movement, if you know what I mean, to get that done. And then you take it off just before it's done. You put maybe some cheese on, a little garnish, boom. Creamiest, most amazing scrubbed eggs you'll ever have in your life. Trust parsley? Maybe, maybe parsley, a little garnish, whatever it takes. I don't—usually I, uh, at home, I don't use parsley because my son won't eat it. Like, if there's anything green on it, he won't eat it. So I don't do that. But if I were making it for myself, I, I would definitely bump it up a little bit. Some garnish, some parsley, what have you. Just saying. Learn something new every day. All right. Here we go. It's time to uh, to rock a little in case you missed it.
1: There you have it. News has
0: never been softer. Good news for change. What do you say, huh? Coming up, handsome, mustachioed man recaps news in pleasing baritone. Stay tuned for this and more.
1: Am I the only one who realizes that this story isn't news?
0: All right, in case you missed it, wacky stuff that's happened during the week. So this one I saw. What a moron. We're going to go to South Yorkshire, England. So this dude uh, watched his newly bought Ferrari go up in smoke after he crashed the supercar just 60 minutes after buying it. The luxury motor vehicle veered off a highway and burst into flames, according to a Facebook page by the South Yorkshire Police. Photographs of the incident's aftermath show the burned out remains of the car smoldering on the grass. South Yorkshire Police say they were surprised to see that the driver had escaped the blaze, mostly unharmed, adding that he was very lucky to walk away from the crash with only minor cuts and bruises. Officers asked the, car, asked the driver what sort of car he had, to which he replied it was a Ferrari, police said. Detecting a sense of damaged pride, he then said, I've only just got it. Picked it up an hour ago. Coordinated Ferrari's website, F1 racing legend Michael Schumacher spent a lot of time testing the 430 uh, Scuderia when it was being developed. Although the Italian luxury car is renowned for being fast, South Yorkshire police said the crash was not thought to have been caused by speeding. Right! Right! I'm sure he wasn't speeding with his new Ferrari that he did, just... Dude, if you get a Ferrari, what are you doing the first week you have it? Punching it to a hundo. Exactly. Thank you, Jordan, for just chiming the hell in. God. You just had premature jump-in, dude. Might want to get a pill for that. Alright. That's enough of that one. Oh, in the bucket. It's amazing. I've got accuracy. Oh, I missed that one. Uh, South Beach Hotel owner accused of stealing mangoes, towels, arrested. Okay, so let's t- get into this one. The owner of a South Beach Hotel has been arrested on burglary and petite theft charges. Petite theft? Was that, does that mean he was wearing like a size one dress? Petty theft. No, no, it says petite. That's what it says in the article. It should be petty theft, but it says petite. P-E-T-I-T, petite. It should be petty, but it says petite. Listen, I didn't read it. Local 10 managing editor Peter Burke wrote the article. Dude, petty theft, not petite. Unless he was wearing a size zero dress, in which case I understand the petite. Uh, Just two days after a neighboring business owner accused him of stealing towels from his nightclub, Uh, Sherbrooke Hotel Uh, owner Mitch Novick was arrested early Friday morning and booked into the Turner-Guilford Night Correctional Center, which I've driven by a lot. Don't want to ever go there. His arrest comes after Mango uh, Tropical Cafe owner David Wallach provided Local 10 News with surveillance video that Wallach claimed showed Novick stealing dirty towels from the neighboring nightclub. Novick told Local 10 News that he borrowed the towels, but a Miami Beach police report said that Wallach did not give Novick permission to enter his property to take any towels. Wallach also told police that none of his employees or managers gave Novick permission to remove any towels. According to the police report, Wallach provided surveillance video from two different occasions in July that showed a shirtless Novik walk inside Mango's storeroom and walk out with a handful of towels. How uh, petite or petty do you have to be to, hey, uh, uh, I run a hotel, need some towels, I'm going to go to the club next door and take them? Putz. Now, we've all seen Varsity Blues. No, not Varsity Blues. Yeah, Varsity Blues. That was the football movie with uh, Dawson. Billy Bob. Ten! Ten! Uh, We all uh, know the scene where uh, the wide receiver gets hammered all throughout the movie, steals the police car. Great scene, by the way. He's naked in there with a bunch of naked chicks. Great. Mox! Mox, come join us, man. Got a bunch of naked chicks. Anyways. So a Florida man took a bold move. Not only did he try to steal a cop's car, um, but the officer was in the car. Officer Robbie Trotman says he was in his patrol vehicle, writing a report, when 20-year-old Aaron Orlando Rodriguez tried to break in. While my vehicle, while in my vehicle, I heard the rear passenger side door handle make noise, and then the front passenger side door handle make noise where I was positioned seated in the driver's seat of my clearly marked Fort Pierce Police Department patrol vehicle. When the officer opened the door to investigate, Rodriguez ran and hid behind another vehicle. Rodriguez said he saw my vehicle was running, so he attempted to steal a vehicle, so he had a ride home. Why would you admit that? Cop comes up to you, hey man, what were you doing? Like, why, couldn't you come up with any other excuse? Like, hey, I was trying to get your attention, I saw a cat in a tree, or, you know, I just want to thank you for your service. Like yeah, I was trying to steal your car, man, cuz I needed to ride home. I know you were in it, but like I just felt like I uh, just it be a good idea. Um the man was later attempted with grand theft, uh, attempted grand theft of a motor vehicle, loitering and prowling, and possession of drug equipment. And got it. Last but not least, naked bank robbery suspect tosses stolen money while running in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, only in Florida, man. Only in Florida. I mean, just ridiculous. Fort Lickerdale, we go. A bank robbery suspect was forced to strip naked and run along a busy Fort Lauderdale street after a red dye pack exploded in his possession. That according to the FBI. Alexander Sperber. Sure he didn't get made fun of. Twenty-five years old, charged with bank robbery. According to a feminal, a uh, Feminal, hello, federal criminal complaint. Talk much. I do broadcasting. Uh, according to a federal criminal complaint, Sperber told the FBI that he woke up Tuesday morning and decided to rob a bank. Sperber said he planned to get away by running naked down the street while throwing the money stolen during the bank robbery to people in order to begin his career as a comedian. Wait, wait. I need to read this again. Okay. Listen to, let's just all focus on this one paragraph or graph as they say in the business. Right here. Ready? Focus on this, everybody. According to a federal criminal complaint, Sperber told the FBI that he woke up Tuesday morning and decided to rob a bank. Sperber said he planned to get away by running naked down the street while throwing the money stolen during the bank robbery to people in order to begin his career as a comedian. I'm just letting it sit. Seems like the way I would begin my career as a comedian. Rob a bank. The FBI said Sperber drove his Ford Mustang to the region's bank on Southeast 3rd Avenue, parked in the parking lot, entered the bank, and demanded money from the teller, who gave him about uh, $4,700 in a bag. As Sperber ran away, the dye pack exploded, staining his clothes and a cast on his left wrist. FBI specially oh, good. You're in a cast. You're trying to rob a bank. Good job, buddy. Uh, Sperber removed his clothes and ran naked in the vicinity of Los Olas Boulevard, throwing money as he ran. Fort Lauderdale police arrested Sperber near Northeast 4th Street, and the teller identified Sperber as the man who robbed the bank. Police, concerned for Sperber's health, really, took him to Broward Menor, uh, Health Medical Center where he was found to be coherent and uninjured. The FBI said red dye was visible on Sperber's cast and left pants pocket. And... This one's gonna be tough. Oh, in. Um... I mean, we've heard some dumb excuses, but trying to explain you robbing a bank and then running naked down Los Olas as a way to start your comedic career, to me, seems like you could probably come up with something better. Like, I would go with the insanity route at that point. If, If that's what you're gonna go with, go insanity. I was hearing voices, a witch made me do it, the chupacabra was running after me, The skunk ape got out of the Everglades and was chasing me. Come up with something. Something better than, I wanted to start my comedy career, so I figured I would rob a bank, run down the street naked, and throw money at people. Why here? What is it about the state that fosters complete and utter moronic behavior? Jesus. I want to thank everyone for listening, everyone for chiming in on the Coral uh, Springs Automall Honda hot take tech line. Jordan, great job today. I know you didn't get to talk a lot, but uh, you cut up some sound and you, you did some real work today. Antoine, you were almost on time, so that was good. We'll try better next week. Uh, good job by you, though. Got Perk on and you did a good, decent show sheet and you, these stories are okay and what have you. Raymer? you're uh, you're getting it, man. Sooner or later, you're going to you're going to be there. And then you too will show up late for a shift and possibly be fired as well. Uh I will talk to you on Monday with my friends Tobin and Leroy. We have baseball coming up right here on the ticket so I will see you when I see you. Peace out.